Hello and welcome to Half Time Scholars, the series that features the interesting work of independent and emerging researchers. Our guest today is Joao Almeida, whose research project focuses on entrepreneurial ecosystems in rural and low density territories, highlighting their unique opportunities for entrepreneurship and innovation. The project aims to contribute to local and regional development research and policy making by understanding the creation, development, assessment of impact, and recommending policies to boost entrepreneurial ecosystems and improve inhabitants' quality of life. Joao, welcome to Half Time Scholars. Thank you for joining us on this episode. Thank you, Sharon. My pleasure to be here. That's awesome. You can tell us a little bit about your research journey for your current PhD project. What did you do? What was your research like? And what areas did you focus on? So, thank you once again for having me here. So I'm Joan from Portugal, small country in the tail of Europe. And actually, I have a bachelor's degree in languages and business relationships. I'm not doing anything about languages now, but that's where I started. And then I took a master's in management, both in the University of Aveiro in Portugal. During my bachelor's and my master's degrees, I value a lot the practical side of things. So soon I realized that the best way to do it was learning by doing and not expecting that every, everything came from the classes. So I joined my local junior enterprise, a nonprofit organization that's run by students and that aims to mimic like the environment of a real company. I was there three years, um, two of those in um, the executive board of the junior enterprise. And then at the end of my master's, I was appointed president of the Portuguese Federation of Junior Enterprises, which at the time was a federation of uh, 14 junior enterprises and over 700 students, higher education students involved. I was part of the junior enterprise movement, but also in other things in my university, a trainer for the Portuguese National Youth Council and so on. This practical side actually helped me a lot during my bachelor's and master's degree. And really my master's thesis was about junior enterprises. So I did my master's thesis about the role of junior enterprises in preparing students with uh, entrepreneurial skills. And that actually the findings were very interesting because I found, uh, for example, very interesting results with engineering students or uh, with women which had a lot more outcomes from the junior enterprises than, for example, students from management, because they started in a lower level of entrepreneurial skills. So the findings were very interesting. And that led to, after my master's, I did other research about junior enterprises and then about entrepreneurship education at my university. Actually, this practical side led, led my path as an academic. And then after doing some projects at the university related to entrepreneurship education and territorial innovation, I proposed my own PhD research to a scholarship about entrepreneurial ecosystems in rural areas. And that's how, how it is now. So, Yeah, so that's a really good, rich experience of practical and as well as academic background to you know, lead to your PhD. So, if you expand a little bit about your PhD project itself, if you can tell us what specifically is your topic area and what are you investigating? Maybe talk a little bit about the methodology you are using as well. Yeah, so my PhD, so I'm from a rural area in Portugal. 
that's one of the things that led me to do my PhD about rural areas. The PhD research problem is that we have a lot of challenges in rural areas. So depopulation, aging, lack of private and uh, public investments, lack of opportunities, and so on. But we also have a lot of people, academics and policymakers saying that, okay, we need to entrepreneur, we need to innovate in these areas. And there is an increasing recognition that entrepreneurship is a key driver of rural economic and social development. And then I came across the topic of entrepreneurial ecosystems that have been, that is emerging in the last decade as a way to better understand the context of entrepreneurship and how the stakeholders arrange and interact with each other to promote entrepreneurship in a given place. My PhD is actually to understand how entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial ecosystems emerge and uh, function in the context of rural areas because most research in the entrepreneurial ecosystems research is based on large and urban territories because of the dynamic and the outputs of these uh, type of ecosystems. And just recently, there are other research uh, focusing on rural areas, uh, resource-constrained environments, and so on. I want to explore this theory on of entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial ecosystems and how this theory could be applied in the context of rural areas. So I'm following a more qualitative case study approach. Currently, I'm working on three rural territories in Portugal. I've been performing several in-depth interviews, like 20, now 25 in-depth interviews several field visits and uh, analyzing dozens of documents and newspaper articles and websites to get a more longitudinal perspective of the study. Since all of these case studies that I'm working on started the entrepreneurial ecosystem strategy more or less in 2010. So my time frame goes from then to, to now. Also, if possible, at the end, so my idea is to propose a framework and several guidelines to create and develop an entrepreneurial ecosystem in rural areas. If possible, at the end, I would like also to provide some quantitative analysis based on that framework, on that indicators that I find interesting in rural areas. Some of the findings, I think it would be nice also to talk about. I am now working on like for two years, I think, uh, two years and a half on this topic. And I have already some interesting findings. Some of them go in line with other research and uh, was also things that I was already expecting. I find that the differences between rural and urban areas go far beyond the population density or the number of resources available. So rural areas have different cultural, social, economic dynamics that influence the creation and development of an entrepreneurial ecosystem. And for example, they have higher place attachment. For example, they have a stronger network ties between the stakeholder, the local stakeholders. The entrepreneurs also expect other things rather than economic output. So they expect quality of life, for example. The entrepreneurial ecosystem has an important research, which is the natural capital of the place, which is an important resource for the entrepreneurial ecosystem. So that are some differences. These differences led to different dynamics of within the entrepreneurial ecosystem. The entrepreneurial ecosystem is uh, usually dependent on the local government because of the lack of, of the other stakeholders. 
the local government play several roles. They're the entrepreneur at the system as a solution. So they play the role of network broker, of investor, of uh, incubator, and so on. And that's a very interesting, uh, very important put of the study, the role of, of the local government, but also the needs of uh, having open boundaries. So we are talking about local entrepreneurial ecosystem in rural areas. They obviously don't have uh, all the, the resources that they need. They don't have financial resources. They don't have, for example, mentors or uh, human capital. And they have, they need to have this open boundary approach to connect with other local or regional, national, international entrepreneurial ecosystems to get those resources for their ecosystem. That's really awesome, Joao. Thanks for sharing the findings and also your methodology around the entrepreneurial ecosystems and uh, I guess the low density territories that we were discussing. A couple of questions came to my mind. And I guess from a person coming brand new into this subject area, looking at some of the redevelopment or regeneration of some of these low density areas in various parts of the world, some of the stories that you can hear are, for example, you might see on tourism, like in various little villages in Italy, like being sold for one US dollar. Or you can see recently the soccer club in Wales, in Wrexham, where two Ryan Reynolds and the other celebrity has bought a certain club. So now this might not necessarily be a part of an ecosystem or an entrepreneurial local government generated or regional government generated system. How does these trends fit into some of the research you've been doing and maybe some of your opinion on some of these methods as one driver of regional redevelopment or part of this whole consideration? Actually, I published an article that I will send to you and try to the article also to the people listening to this podcast, an article about the post-pandemic opportunities for low-density territories. So it's not directly linked to my PhD research, but it's linked because it's about rural areas. And I discussed a lot of, it was during the pandemic, and I discussed a lot of, of these trends and the opportunities that were accelerated by the pandemic, but were already happening before. I provide also some examples of Portuguese case studies. I talk about four major opportunities in uh, for rural territories. One of them is very interesting, the new working trends. So the remote working, the teleworking, it's something that could be a major opportunity for rural areas to attract young people, to attract human capital. And that is something that in Portugal, but also other countries, that is a thing that is happening and several villages and small places uh, have been successfully attracting this type of people. Other thing that was an opportunity with the pandemic was the digitalization and the technology adoption. So in rural areas, the stakeholders were, I would not say digital averse, but they did not stop technology a lot and they were forced to do it by the pandemic. And that was a thing that stayed after the pandemic. And this is also an opportunity, for example, to provide healthcare or social services to get resources for entrepreneurs and so on, other important opportunities. And then one opportunity more related to a more cultural aspect. So the perception about the importance of rural areas, which during the pandemic changed a little bit. 
because people look forward to more less populated spaces, were more concerned with the quality of life, sustainability, and so on. And that would be also an opportunity for uh, these places to be in front line of these sustainability challenges and um, push forward the circular economy fields, the green economy fields, and so on. And then where entrepreneurship and innovation fits in all of this, entrepreneurship and innovation could be a way to push forward these opportunities. So to get these opportunities and to solve some of the challenges that rural areas face with these opportunities. So we need entrepreneurs and innovators in rural areas to foster these new working trends, to foster digitalization, to be in the front line of circular economy and green economy. So entrepreneurship and, and innovation, it's not a, an output, but it's a method. It's a way to do, to do it. Yeah, that's really interesting. And you rightly said new opportunities that present itself. And you can see that some things that were old and we were considering cannot be rejuvenated have sort of you know, come back into or coming back to the fold. For example, here in Australia, a lot of the people, they looked at buying property in more rural areas or in the sea beach side. And those property prices have really gone up and really held their prices. So it's like once in a generation change in, in the marketplace also has happened, especially in Australia, as you said, remote working is largely here to stay and it's a big shift. There is still a reasonable amount of people. They might go into office once in a while, but there is still a big shift. So that's really interesting. I guess if we move on to next half of our discussion today, I guess at this juncture, Joao, if you can talk a little bit about some of the challenges you have faced in your research journey so far. They are the challenges of any PhD student. So I don't know any PhD student does not have a challenges with data. Data is always a challenge, so we can't get enough of data for our PhDs. Another thing, and that this is, I think, a bit of a mindset established in the academia on the PhD and then the researchers, which is the solitude. So that's a big challenge, especially for people starting PhDs during the pandemic, as me, during the pandemic and after the pandemic, and with the remote working habits that we were talking about. The solitude is a bit of a challenge because you need to discuss your research with other colleagues from other fields to try to explain them what are you doing, get, get different perspectives. And when we work most of the time alone and at home because of remote working, that solitude is, is a challenge. Those were the two major challenges and, and also I would like to have international case studies from other countries. But to do the type of analysis that I'm doing in Portugal, I would need the resources to do it because I'm doing a very in-depth analysis of the case study. I go there several times. I perform several interviews on site. That challenge also to get international data. Regarding the solitude, I saw that through participating in conferences uh, to sharing my insights on LinkedIn and getting some feedback from LinkedIn. And also joining some non-profit organization events. I try to be a part of international, more European networks and European events. So the European Commission and the European institutions have a lot of discussion going on with rural areas and rural development. So I try to be part of that discussion. Also to that to get insights from other people, to show my insights. I try to, to overcome the, that challenge as well. 
by doing that. Yeah, that's really a good way to spend your time and allocate to navigate these challenges that, as you rightly said, everyone who does the PhD would face from, from at different points. I guess from here, Joao, if you can talk a little bit more about, it could be a little bit early to talk about this, but where do you see some of the practical applications of your work? And maybe adding to that, what so far is like attracting you to your next step? Is that something you've thought about so far? Yeah, so I started with a very broad topic, so entrepreneurial ecosystems, mostly focused on the theoretical part, uh, on getting information to build a framework and so on. I would like very much to provide this, uh, some practical insights for uh, policymakers to build more resilient entrepreneurial ecosystem in rural areas. I think I can only do that by focusing on specific parts of the, of the entrepreneurial ecosystem concept. There are three topics that interested me a lot in this field. One is the role of natural capital, because it's mostly understudied. And I think it's very important for rural areas to consider this, this as an important part of the entrepreneurial ecosystem. Then the role of governance. So how the entrepreneurial ecosystem is governed and how the governance evolves over time. This is something that in urban areas is also important, but it's not so visible. The entrepreneurial ecosystem is uh, more diverse and they have a lot of actors uh, playing several different roles. But in rural areas, it's different. So in rural areas, usually this governance part is a key success factor. So if we don't have a strong actor leading the ecosystem, probably the ecosystem will not work. This this governance is very important. And then the most interesting topic for me, the community participation. In urban or rural areas, the community is very important in the ecosystem, but in rural areas, it's even more important because they can support or sabotage the entrepreneurial ecosystem because there are less people, they have stronger ties between themselves. They could really boost the entrepreneurial ecosystem, but they could also sabotage the entrepreneurial ecosystem. This uh, community participation during the strategy, during the birth, the development, the execution of uh, the entrepreneurial ecosystem strategy is very interesting for me. And I, I'm trying to get more insights about the community participation tools to apply them in the context of entrepreneurial ecosystem. And that is the way I think I could provide more specific insights for policymakers regarding specific topics. So how they could improve community participation, how they could improve governance, how they could improve the role of natural capital. So, Yeah, you're so right. I think that we need that strong structure at that point to have some effective results. So that's really interesting. I guess if we move on to the latter half of our discussion today, you mentioned some of the projects that you're involved in. Maybe if you can talk to us a little bit more about some of these projects that you're involved in and how they add value to your overall research journey. When I saw this podcast and I contact you, because I consider myself an all-time scholar, actually. So if I consider myself over half entrepreneur, it's very interesting. Because as I said at the beginning, my motto back in the, the bachelor's and master's was learning by doing. And if before my PhD, I went from the practical part of enterprises and education to the theoretical part, 
during my PhD was on the other way. So I went from this theory of entrepreneurial ecosystems or this theory of entrepreneurship in rural areas to the practical side. Actually, during the pandemic, I co-found a non-profit organization called Rural Move. So we created an organization to foster repopulation and investment in Portuguese rural areas. And so our ultimate goal is to contribute to the regeneration of rural territories and to create more dynamic communities that can attract people and investors and uh, companies to their places. We are trying to raise awareness of the importance of repopulating rural areas. We are trying to encourage the cooperation with uh, local communities, local stakeholders and these potential residents. Nowadays, we have a network of more than 70 volunteers and local partners in more than 30 rural territories in Portugal. So we are trying to do this, to create this ecosystem, but uh, in Portuguese rural areas in practice. I'm co-found this organization and I'm also the coordinator of the organization nowadays. I think this connection and scholar, I think this connection between theory and practice is very important. I'm learning a lot by researching about entrepreneurial ecosystem, and I'm getting that theory to the practical side of my nonprofit organization. But also through the events, the workshops, the dynamics that we create in the nonprofit, I'm getting insights for my research in general. For example, as we were talking about the people moving for rulers, that is a very interesting topic to research. I'm getting that data from my nonprofit organization. These new residents, these people moving to rural areas, how can they contribute to the rural economic and social development? Could they develop new business? How, how should they be integrated to be more part of these rural development strategies and so on? And I'm getting that data from the non-profit organization. And maybe, it, probably, I will apply that in some research that I'm working on. I think that this link between theory and practice, practice and theory, it's very important for any scholar, but especially for people like me working on entrepreneurship and the local development strategies and so on. Yeah, so that's really a good mix, the theory and the practical and fueling your work in both directions. So that's really interesting. Joao, I'd like to thank you so much for sharing your insights and uh, your information about your research journey so far. I'd like to wish you all the best in your PhD and your work as well. And thanks again for joining us. Yeah, you're awesome. It was my pleasure to be part of this podcast and get some of my experiences. So if you have any questions or you want to get in touch to talk about the entrepreneurship and rural areas and other things, please let me know. Thank you. That's all for this episode of Halftime Scholars. Let us know what you think of the show and leave us a rating on Spotify or wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll see you next month on our next episode. 